Salam alaikum and welcome to the Learn English Football Podcast with your hosts, Tim and... Tom. Wa alaikum salam, Tim. I know who you're supporting tomorrow, Tom, and I can tell you who I'm supporting. So, yeah, welcome to the Learn English Football Podcast. This is our preview of the second semi-final of the World Cup. If you're interested in listening to our preview of the first podcast of the first semi-final, that podcast is also available. Uh, so go back and listen to that. But if you're here for the France-Morocco match tomorrow, you're in the right place. What an exciting semi-final, Tom. Um, I mean, it's an it's a semi-final that nobody expected. Uh, I did see a video of uh, Mbappe and Hakimi joking uh, in, in, in Paris Saint-Germain training before the World Cup, saying that they were going to uh, meet in the World Cup semi-final. Um, and I think Hakimi was not joking as much as, as Mbappe was. Um, mm. And uh, Hakimi said he was going to kick Mbappe. So I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> well... That, of course, is going to be the matchup. Hakimi is the right back for Morocco. Um, Mbappe is the left wing for uh, France. So it's inevitable that the two will be against each other. And if, if, if there is any one player who knows how to stop Mbappe, then it will be a teammate who plays with him at Paris Saint-Germain. So that's actually good news for Morocco. Yeah, and we, we've spoken already in the last episode about how it will be a real battle between Messi and Modric. Well, this will also be an interesting battle between two of the standout performers in this tournament, Hakimi and Mbappe. So the Atlas Lions against France. Obviously, France have come through the tournament. They had a solid group stage. They did lose, but they made, I think it was nine or ten changes for their loss. So I think you can kind of discount that game as not really counting so much. Uh, and Morocco have had a great run to the final. They've only conceded one goal, and that was an own goal. So no team has actually scored against them in open play. Incredible. They've had four clean sheets. Um, only two teams have had five clean sheets in the history of the World Cup, and that was Italy in 2006, and they won it, and Spain in 2010, and they won it as well. So the stats are looking good for Morocco, Tom. Um, we're not going to ask who you'd like to win it but how do you see this game going do you see it being a tight game or do you see France maybe being too strong for uh for uh, Morocco do you think this is maybe one game too far for this Moroccan side oh my mind is juggling different thoughts here based on that information that you've given me for starters when you mentioned about Morocco having a great defense it reminded me of a, an expression that our American listeners will know from American football. An offense can win games, but a defense, a good defense, they say, wins championships. Uh, and what you said about Italy and Spain and potentially Morocco bodes well. If something bodes well, it means it's a good omen. It's a good sign for this Morocco team. Uh, having said that in this game, the way it's going to play out, I don't expect Morocco to keep their defensive record. Uh, having watched the Portuguese against them in the quarterfinals, I did see that Portugal did have some good chances, uh, particularly Joao Felix had two or three very good opportunities. So I think we, we have an expression to ride your luck. I believe that Morocco have ridden their luck in this tournament a little bit with their defending. Having said that, there's another argument that says, Yes, they've not conceding, not conceding a goal is lucky, but no, this defence is also very, very strong. And you can see from the tactical organisation of this Moroccan team, 
just how well organized they are, how well coached they are. In particular, coming back to the wings, uh, Mbappe is going to be in battle with Hakimi. However, Hakimi will have support from the, the midfielder up there with him. Usually it's Zayech on the right side, along with Mazraoui on the left. He can expect support from uh, Buffal on the left. So Morocco, Morocco are defending tactically very, very well as a team together, stopping other teams from beating the winger, uh, beating the fullback and getting crosses in. Yeah, they, they've got a very well-organised side, as you say, which is an incredible statistic because coming into the tournament, their manager had only managed them for three games before the tournament. Um, so he's managed to really get the team playing a football that must be quite easy for them to understand because it's not based on complex tactics or something like that. But I think... I think, and it's something we've looked at it a bit on previous episodes, I think it's these small teams have come into this tournament with a different approach. They've, they've, they've come in understanding that they're not going to be able to dominate possessions. They've, they've come in with a plan to sit deep, but when they get the ball, it's not just getting the ball and then just kind of improvising their way forward. They have strong set ways of playing out a defense, of defense, of making the most of their speed, of uh, linking up with a, you know, a wing back, linking up with a defensive midfielder to create a triangle, to create a, an outlet. And an outlet means, um, for example, an outlet in a building would be where the, where the air escapes. An outlet here would be for pressure. Um, and the really important thing for Morocco, and I think it will be the decisive factor in this match, is... Are they able to keep on doing that or will the French pressure be too much or will the French get an early goal? And that's what I'm really worried about from the Moroccan point of view. If France get an early goal, then the Moroccan game plan, the Moroccan tactical plan goes out the window um, because they'll have to push with the ball. They'll have to try and dominate possession. They'll have to go looking for a goal and that doesn't suit them. If they go looking for a goal, I think they're going to struggle. That's an excellent point, actually. Uh, Morocco, this tactic has worked very, very well for them because they've never gone behind in a game, which means that they can effectively sit deep and they are excellent at the first transition play. When they win the ball back, uh, they will open up the play quickly. They will break through the, the opponent's lines. Uh, you can do that tactic when you are not losing in a game. But when you are losing in a game, you need to have the ball. So they will need to play uh, further up the field. They'll need to push further up into the French territory and play more slower transition football. And we have no idea what kind of a team they are. It's, it's obviously uh, not the tactic that's been working for them so far. So you are right, Tim, that the first goal will be crucial in this game. And if it goes against Morocco, it could be very, very tough for them to come back into it. Yeah. And another factor, how much do you think the fans will play a part in this result? I mean, there's going to be absolutely no doubt that the um, the stadium will be 100% supporting uh, Morocco. Uh, the Morocco FA have put on 30 extra flights from uh, from Morocco to Qatar between the quarterfinal and today. Uh, there's talk of over, um, over 30,000 Moroccans being in the stadium. And then the ones who aren't Moroccan will be Qatari, will be Saudi, will be Emirati and they'll obviously be supporting Morocco as well. Do you think the pressure could have a real uh, impact on this France side? 
Uh, I feel that the Moroccan supporters, the we've talked about this at the World Cup in Qatar, how just how big an immigrant population uh, of Qatar the Moroccans make up. They 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 are there in large numbers anyway. You add those extra numbers coming in, undoubtedly it will feel like a home tie for them, uh, which will. I, I when you look at this French team, they are of the 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 caliber, meaning the quality that it won't matter to them that they feel like they're playing away. These are players who've played in much more intense uh, surroundings than what they'll find in Qatar. So it shouldn't matter to the French. However, I think the fans can make a difference if the game goes into extra times and even penalties. That's where the Moroccans will feel a little extra spring in their step. I mean, they'll have a little bit of energy that will be transmitted to them through the fans. And if Morocco make it to penalties against the current world champions, then they will be carrying an, carrying an attitude of strong self-belief into that penalty shootout. I would make the Moroccans favourites to win a penalty shootout against France, uh, partly due to the fans in the stadium. Yeah, uh, I think that could be a factor. Uh, what about injuries, Tom? Uh, France are injury-free. Uh, they look as if they've uh, strolled through the tournament and to stroll is to walk casually. Um, whereas this Moroccan side, their captain uh, was forced off with an injury in the previous match, uh, Saïs. Uh, I believe one of your West Ham boys got a, got a look in, uh, but he's carrying an injury as well. He's 50-50. Um, the, uh, I'm getting, for Walid Ragragi, I'm mm -hmm. sorry about my pronunciation. He's got, his homework to, he's got his homework to do before the match. Do you think these injuries could uh, cost Morocco? I felt like you were right. The West Ham boy you refer to, of course, is uh, Naif Agurd, who uh, who started at central defence with Roman Saiz. And I felt like when Naif Agurd was out, he was absent in the Portugal match, Atiyat Allah stepped in and had a fantastic game. So I thought they've got at least one substitute centre-back who is extremely uh, competent, well-drilled, organised. Uh, I'm not worried about one of them being out. But if Roman Saiz continues to have this problem with his hamstring injury, then you wonder, do they have the same quality off the bench with their other centre-back? That's the one doubt I have for Morocco, the two centre-backs. Uh, if they've lost both of their star men, do they have adequate replacements? One of them, yes. We don't know who the other one will be, though, if Saiz doesn't play. So that is a worry for me. OK, um, and I want to imagine, I want to comprehend what a Morocco victory will look like. And I'm <laughs> going to tell you what I think it could look like. I'm going to imagine a difficult first half, France having more of the possession, maybe having one or two chances, but nothing major. A frustrated Didier Deschamps at halftime, um, pressure building from the fans and... But more than that, I think um, maybe players on the pitch, I see Hakimi and Ziyech linking up together to cause all sorts of problems for Teo Hernandez on, 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 in the French left-back left position because he's not going to get any support 
from uh, Kylian Mbappe. The French defensive midfield of Rabiot and uh, Chulameni is not the most defensively minded. Upkapamo, who is the left-hand sided uh, left-hand side centre back, is not the most experienced. So I can see a point of weakness. I imagine Teo Hernandez has only just recovered from the dizziness that Bakayo Saka left him in. So <laughs> do you, do you think that this this right-hand side for Morocco? can provide a pathway to victory. I'm not saying is it definitely going to happen, but is it something feasible, something you can imagine happening? I do think that, Tim, actually. I, I also saw a chink in the armour of Teo Hernandez. A chink in the armour means a, a, weakness. a weakness. Yes, that's right. Uh, of course, yes, uh, you, as an Arsenal fan, you bring up Sacco, who had a very good game against him. Uh, also, with that penalty where Teo Hernandez elbowed or shoulder barged uh, Mason Mount in the back. For me, it was a moment of uh, a very irrational moment. and It, it was, wasn't it? Because is, Mount, is, yeah, Mount this, was never getting on the end of the pass. That's right. And it tells me that this player is a little bit vulnerable mentally. So I believe that you are right. That could be an area to exploit uh, for France. Uh, also, Hugo Lloris, fantastic as he, as he has been consistently for France. Uh, I still don't think he's the best goalkeeper and I'm not sure how good he is at saving penalties. So again, if the game does go through normal time, extra time to penalties, then I would fancy the, the Moroccan goalkeeper Bono uh, to be more of the star man than Hugo Lloris. Well, he's been one of the stars of the tournament this season, hasn't he? I've also got my doubts about Hugo Lloris. I think the England match suited his qualities quite quite well actually he was always busy lots of shots uh he didn't have to make many decisions with his feet and he didn't have long spells of doing nothing and i imagine the 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 game will be quite different tomorrow i think uh france will dominate possession uh which means uh Lloris will have more opportunities to pass the ball out with his feet which means he'll have more opportunities to make the wrong decision and i think he could easily go 5 10 15 minutes without touching the ball and then suddenly have a moroccan counterattack to deal with and i think that's when his concentration uh, can lapse and it can uh, can have a, a short gap um so yes Tom, we've tried to talk up a Moroccan victory as much as possible. Uh, now let's have a prediction. I'm going to predict 4-0 France. <laughs> uh -huh. Okay. Well, I'm more optimistic than you, Tim. Maybe that's because uh, I've just been for a haircut and I've been listening to my Moroccan barber uh, and sharing in his optimism. So I'm going to go nil-nil full-time. 1-1 uh, after extra time and Morocco to win on penalties. Well, I would absolutely love you to be correct, Tom. And uh, let's not forget, the footballing world would love for you to be correct. I think um, I, I think we reached peak English support at some point during France-England. I think uh, France and England are both countries that invite a lot of hate around the world for our history. Um, and uh, so it was interesting to see who was more hated, France or England. But I think more people were scared of France and they didn't like them, whereas England, we just weren't liked. Um, <laughs> whereas with Morocco, Morocco is a lovely country. I've been there myself. The people couldn't be nicer, really intelligent, incredibly well-educated. Um, you know, the, I was meeting bus drivers who spoke four languages. It was incredible. Um, so I think the world wants Morocco to win. And I can't remember a match that was quite so one 
one-sided in terms of the neutral when it comes to a World Cup match. Can you, Tom? No, in terms you're talking about this one because uh, it was the same in the quarterfinals against Portugal as well, except for the Cristiano Ronaldo fans. The neutrals all wanted Morocco to win that one. So, yes, I think this one as well. Certainly, as I said, in this neighbourhood, you won't find anyone walking around with a French jersey on these days. No, you certainly won't. And Tom, you, you sounded like as if your Arabic was quite good at the beginning of the episode. How do you say bye-bye in Arabic? Uh, you can say the salama. Uh, and you can also say uh, salam alaikum again. And we can also say this, Morocco for the victory, inshallah. Inshallah, Morocco for the victory. I, mean, I think God we'll finish willing. it on that. Yeah. Inshallah, inshallah. <laughs> yes. So, Tom, all of our listeners, I'd encourage them to get involved on uh, TikTok, on YouTube. Uh, leave us a comment on the on the platform where they uh, where they find our podcast. A little rating or a review would be a lovely Christmas present. Just what we need. Uh, hopefully, Tom, we will be speaking later in the week, looking back on a magnificent Morocco victory. I've got my Morocco shirt on now. I'm going to watch the match with you tomorrow i don't expect to take it off between now and then thank you very much tom see you next time shukran tim shukran bazef yeah. excellent vasalama zahabi that means goodbye friends <laughs> <laughs> bye 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 bye